365 Success app offers a simple daily tip for a more balanced life. 365 Success is a one-year plan over six levels where a new tip is displayed each day. The people behind 365 Success are academic and creative life hackers Dr. Nisha O'Reilly, Dr. Graham Hughes and Marie O'Riordan. Discover 365 Success, available now in the App Store. Hello and you're very welcome to episode 4 of Purple Psychology. I'm Marie O'Riordan. I would like to thank all of you for helping us get this podcast to number one on four charts and it's now spread to 12 countries. Our resident expert live guest again today is Dr. Nisha O'Reilly. Nisha, you're welcome. Thanks very much. Okay, everyone's talking about the hot topic of education worldwide, so why haven't the systems changed? Okay, so in, in the last podcast, we talked a lot about, you know, the magic four, the four groups, the four hours, the four learning styles. And there's a lot of people out there working in education. And one of the common beliefs is, is that if you just teach people the way that they understand that it will magically all change. There's a lot of emphasis on supporting people with specific learning difficulties. And then it begets, you know, it gets very complicated in classrooms because you just have a person coming in to support this person and support that person and support the other person and everything's a bit of a jumble. For me, I suppose I sat back and I looked at it in the bigger picture. And what became quite obvious to me um, after having the school for a couple of years was that we kind of have students and if you can imagine them being in a core and they're in the middle, right? And then we sort of plantate, you know, their aptitudes, their personalities, the different skills, the rules of the school, the expectation of the parents, the environment of the school. Then there's an outer layer of the politicians and the government. And this becomes a very, very complicated process with the students stuck in the middle of it. And what a lot of organisations, a lot of charities in particular, pick to do is they might particularly pick to work on a layer. So they might be working on the environment because they've decided that the position and the disadvantaged area that people are growing up in and maybe the what has happened for their parents or what has gone on for the generation before them is the biggest factor. And they try to work on that layer. And then someone else will try to work on another layer and sort of say, oh, well, no, if you give them these skills, you know, that will suddenly magically help them. And then the government might come along with a new policy on literacy or there might be a worldwide look on, you know, we have to have a certain literacy level or a certain mathematics level, and that will suddenly make everything better. But, you know, the student is still stuck in the middle of this mess. And, you know, all these layers are going on outside of them and nothing has really changed. And so I began to look at it slightly differently. So I basically started with if you can imagine a core. So you've got a core set of values um, in your organisation or in your school. So respect is a massive core in, in any environment that I set up. And then, okay, there's what your parents bring to you, what they, what you learn from them, what they teach you, bad or good. You know, <laughs> um, there's, there's, there can be equal. Genetics. Yeah, there can be, you know, there, there's, they, they bring a lot to the mix. Then there's your own personality in the mix. Then there's your own aptitudes, the things that you're good at, the things that you're drawn to. Then there's your confidence, which builds as you grow older. And there's all the experiences you learn along the way. There's the inspirational teachers you meet along the way. And actually, speaking of genetics, one of your team, one of your teachers, Nisha, is just about to become a doctor, a PhD in genetics. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of different types of people involved involved in the in the team. So instead of having um, uh, students that you're trying to drag out in the middle of this core, you suddenly have a core which you gradually build up for people, and they gradually build a new shell, you know, on on top of all of the experiences and all the different people that are coming to them. Mm-hmm. And but they're themselves, and you're giving them space to grow and to develop. 
and you've mentioned the team, because one of the interesting things for me was that it was as important for me to get the team to grow as it was for me to get the students to grow. So the team have all gone on to do fantastic things in their own right and in their own ways. And they have learned from the experience. They've learned from the environment. They've taken a shell from that. They've learned from the students that they've worked with. They've learned from the experiences. They've got the best out of their conferences that they've gone to and all the different things that they've done over the years. And they've been allowed to grow. There's not space traditionally to grow. It's interesting because you're mentioning some of your team and what they've gone on to do. I mean, your teachers, your team are now working in NASA. They're working in CERN on the Large Hadron Collider in Switzerland, the University of Cambridge, universities all around the world. It's been incredible to think that your seeds in Ireland spread worldwide. Yes, and, and similarly, some of them have gone on to midwifery, some of them are running educational programmes within national theatres. I mean, some of them are novelists. You know, they've gone on to their own niche. We look at the university people and the academic people, but equally to balance them, there's other amazing people. And a lot of them have gone back into full-time teaching as well, mm-hmm. because they've got so much out of that. And they're, they're looking for education jobs that maybe bridge the gap between organisations and between schools as well, too. Um, so there's, there's a whole platter of different people, but they have all had space to grow. And, and that's the important part that's missing in the system at the moment. So, you know, when, when particularly when we focus on learning, learning difficulties, you know, because these are the people that we pick out maybe at, at seven, you know, your, your literacy isn't up to par with everybody else in the class. And there's an expectation that everybody should be able to read. So it's not just the skills associated with reading. And it's not just that if I show you a different way to read that it will suddenly get better. I have to take into account the trauma. Like there's a, there's a massive expectation there that everybody can, be, can, can read. And a lot of the assessments that we go through add a, add a trauma to people. There's the, um, it's hereditary. So your parents have a certain expectation. They'll either expect you to do brilliantly much better than they ever did, even though they couldn't read either, or they will expect you to be rubbish. And sure, I couldn't do it, so I won't be able to either. Why are professionals so hooked up on labeling children and teenagers? It's it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a, a vortex that people go into. I think some people feel that it's explaining what's wrong with their child. That's part of it. The system requires you to give a label in order to get resource hours to these famous resource hours in schools <laughs> yeah and, and so on so you get drawn into this whole mix of things that are going on and you're never really dealing with the cores that that really change you're not dealing with the the deep blueprints and once you have that label as a child do you keep that stigma all through your life is that what you're dealing with in people now in adulthood coming to you with their trauma yeah like you know i, I meet i meet 55 year olds and they tell me what happened to them when was seven you know it, it never goes away it's one of the, you know, and, you know, and to bring this to adults then, you know, a lot of people ask us, why do we work so intensely with people? Why, why do I spend a block of time of, you know, a day with designated hours, with designated breaks and designated expectations of what we're going to achieve in certain hours when a lot of um, therapy or intervention or coaches or, you know, the whole spectrum of people out there will meet a person for one session a week for so many weeks and it will continue on and so on. I'm there with you doing this. It's like special forces. <laughs> yeah, but, but, you know, it's an intense uh, period of time and, and you're looking at these patterns and you're changing them and you work with people really intensely. And so we have a developmental scale, which is the hours that I expect to see change with someone. 
and I don't understand. For me, this has got massive repercussions in terms of education, um, in terms of well therapy, in terms of rehabilitation for people as well. You know, um, I'm I'm very interested in the area that it's as it's as similar for me to help someone who's had a stroke as it is to help a child who can't learn how to read. That they're they're the same for me. And they're there are so many spectrums you're dealing with. You tell the world you get results in four hours. Yes, and that's what, that's what I expected. So why is everyone else spending years with other professionals? Because, they, because their approach is, is just all wrong. They're just, they're just constantly working in things in isolation and it's not a whole and it's not a whole experience and it's not the whole. There's a lot of, you know, we, a big debate between whether something is genetic or environmental. It's, it's neither. It's your personality determines how you react to the environment and the genetics. This is all about developing people. It doesn't matter whether it's a school or an organisation. Is that what I'm taking from you here today? Yes, and, and there, for me, you know, the other part of this too is that we, you know, we have a developmental scale, we have a way of approaching developmental ideas, but it's all about success. And there is pivotal ages, and, and you know, it is amazing. A lot of people find it very strange that I work with people from, you know, 18 months up to sort of 70s, roughly, at the moment. That's a big range. It I mean, is these are babies up to people in their 70s. Yes, it, it is a big range. But, for instance, there's one block of people on that table who are exceptionally difficult to work with as adults. And there is the biggest amount of time to get results with them. But when I get them as students, yes, they're challenging as young people, um, even when they're 10 and when they're 15 in, in certain ways. So is it escalating as they get older? Well, it, it is easier to, it's quicker for me to get results with them when they're younger than when they're older. Let, let's put it that way. I can definitely see that. And Are these the kids that fell through the trap in school? Well, they've all, all the people who come to me have fallen through the trap and they're across all of the personalities in the table. There might be some of more than others that I see, um, but I see them all. So, you know, they don't come to me unless there's something going wrong. Let's face it, that's the only thing they have in common. Their stories are radically different and everything else about them is different. The only thing they all have in common is that. And that's an intuitive dog barking in the background. So for me, one of the things that's most shocking is, is that... There is a pivotal age that by 15 that where everything is almost changed or in some cases I actually feel it's lost, right? So by 7 we expect people's personalities to have developed. By 10 your frontal lobe is starts to form and that's where you start to hear the little voices in your head. Oh, I can't stick up my hand and ask that question. Oh, that's too stupid. Oh, I don't want to wear that. I look different than everybody else. Oh, I don't have a daddy. You know, all these things. I, oh, I'm different. You know, and, and that's the most difficult age actually when you have a learning difficulty. It's like suddenly, suddenly oh so, wow, I can, I can see it in myself. Yeah, I can. I I can't do what everybody else can do. What's wrong with me? By 15, I did this experiment in the school, right? And it was quite shocking. I wanted to look at people's learning styles. And the idea was for me, um, with the older students, that if people were a bit kind of all over the place, I had sort of four, four sort of learning styles and a bunch of questions. And if people randomly take something from every category, I expected them to be kind of scattered, like scatter plots people, right? And that they wouldn't be very focused. And that would be one of the reasons that they were finding it more difficult, that they wouldn't know themselves. Right. And I expected the younger students to not know themselves either. But what I got was that all the younger people could take every category and the, some of the older people, as I expected, were a bit scattered all over the place. And I sat there and went, oh, the younger people just didn't get it. And then I sat there and went, hang on a minute. 
No, they did. They could tick every category. So they had this massive amount of multiplicity that they could learn in every sense and absorb information in all these different ways. And they had all of this going on for them. But by 15, because they had been in the system and they'd been so linearized that they'd actually lost it. We have so much more to talk about in this series. So I'm really looking forward to it. Dr. Nisha Riley, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. I would also like to thank you for listening and a very big welcome to all of the deaf and hearing impaired communities in the United States and around the world who are also joining us for the transcriptions. So theforevermethod.com forward slash transcriptions is where the deaf and hearing impaired communities are finding their transcriptions after every episode. Also, you don't need to have one specific device or tablet or computer to listen to this podcast. You can listen on any device, computer or tablet out there and you can check out your options and links at theforevermethod.com forward slash podcast, as simple as that. I'm Marie O'Reardon. It's been a joy to be here with you again today on Purple Psychology. We look forward to you joining us and you can check out more details on theforevermethod.com and also drnishaoreilly.org. D-R for Dr. Nisha, N-A-O-I-S-E, O'Reilly, O-R-E-I-L-L-Y, dot org, O-R-G. Thank you all so much. 365 Success app offers a simple daily tip for a more balanced life. 365 Success is a one-year plan over six levels where a new tip is displayed each day. The people behind 365 Success are academic and creative life hackers Dr. Nisha O'Reilly, Dr. Graham Hughes and Marie O'Reardon. Discover 365 Success, available now in the App Store.